Who's hosting? I don't remember the intro. Welcome to Election Prop Makers, your guide to betting. Doesn't matter. We're too, we're, we're, we're within the blast radius of the election. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> this is not normal anymore. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to betting on the presidential market in the 2020 presidential election. Yeah. I'm your host. I've always been your host. No one else has ever been your host. Starly Kine. I'm here with my friend, Long John Silver. Hey. Hi. And my other friend, Kid Midas. Hey, guys. What's up, man? Two weeks out. You guys ready to rumble? Get on those boards. Grab those waves. It's time to make some money. Kid Midas style. Everything he touches turns to gold. (laughs) Kid Midas. Live, laugh, lie down. That's the Kid Midas guaranteed lifestyle. Check out my throw pillows at Target, y'all. Hashtag Kid Midas at Target. Discount four ninety nine per throw pillow, and that's it. I'm done for the episode. We could we could plug the the t shirts again. No plugging right now. Oh yeah, do it, do it. No, no. Start with plugs. Let's hit him with like five minutes of solid plugs and, and internal promotion. Yeah, go stuff. to bit.ly slash cocaine city and uh, buy buy shirts. Give us one more bitly, John. Come on, we're only two weeks out. Give us you got to give us more than one bitly. Yeah, bit.ly slash. I can't remember what the oh, others for are. Fuck's sake! After everything's Heels falling apart, falling they're on my phone, so I can't. I can't look. It's EPM fashion, EPM style, EPM cool. All of those work. I'm not feeling confident. Just you not having a grasp on your Bitly links. Anything at this point is just going to make me feel anxiety. Like it's very, very. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's a little bit of a trepidatious time. We have to be very stabilized at the moment. I don't know why I'm getting emails now all of a sudden from this Democratic pack called House Majority Pack, but these are the most frustrating. <laughs> these emails, just the subject lines of these emails almost makes me never want to vote for a Democrat again as long as I live because they're always like, <laughs> CNN just shook us to our core. And then you open the email. It says, David Mitch McConnell is finished. First of all, mm, you might mm. want to fact check that. You know, it's <laughs> a fundraising live. thing for Amy McGrath. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. next one is... Pleading with you, David. They're so defeatist. We urged, we begged, we pleaded. We even offered a five times match to every donation to elect Democrats. It's so um, needlessly emotional and defeatist. David, we're shaking. We told you Democrat Mark Kelly was neck and neck with Republican Martha Masali in the Arizona Senate race. So we promised to raise $50,000 to elect Democrats. We even offered a five time match, but our hearts just sank. Our deadline is tomorrow, and we're not on pace to hit our goal. They must be working. I mean, it's crazy, but they they must be effective if they're doing this. This one, the subject line is, Donald Trump wins, please, David, in parentheses, and it's from just the word, sorry, period. (laughs) (laughs) The next one is from, it's over, and the subject line is, Joe Biden loses. It's like, leave me alone, first of all. (laughs) What, what? If I was truly a low information voter and I got an email that just says Joe Biden loses, I'd be like, well, I guess you don't need my damn money then. Why not be confident in your I mean, again, John, you might be right. Maybe for people over a certain age, they get this email, they freak out and that wallet gets nice and loose and they donate a bunch of money. But for someone like me, it's like your your online brand with these email appeals is we are losers and we're going to get our ass kicked. So give us money to flush down our toilet of despair. Yeah, I don't think you're the target. You know, I don't think uh, the, you, the highly educated NPR 
type. Um, yes, go on. <laughs> the, the Frappuccino <laughs> set. The, the, uh, the Oberlin grad. <laughs> oh, ouchie, wowchie. But wait, I I don't. But there's no. Is there data to support that these are working? Isn't it the other stuff that's working? Isn't it just RBG dying that worked more effectively than these emails? I think in? you know what we've raised. <laughs> the Democrats have raised like nearly a billion dollars since RBG have died. But it's not because of these emails. These emails didn't make RBG die. Well, <laughs> who knows, man? Maybe, you know, she was old and, and weak. Maybe she got this email and was like, Biden loses, what the fuck? And then she died. <laughs> Look, I, I don't know. Every, there's plenty of money. There's plenty of money, apparently. Patreon.com slash election profit makers. Yes. John Silver's point that there's plenty of money. Yeah. Because from where we're sitting, there's some money, but I would not describe the money in my life as plenty of self-same money. Me either. All right. I'm unsubscribing to this email list right now. I went to the website. There's a huge picture of scowling Nancy Pelosi, and they, I've entered <laughs> my email. Please tell us why you're unsubscribing. I realize mm. I may not be the target demographic for these emails, per DeLong John Silver. Mention Oberlin. Mention Oberlin. <laughs> yes, always mention Oberlin. Demo for these emails. But I find their defeatist... Oh, God. Desperate <laughs> attitude. Very uninspiring. That's good. I right. still get I get these texts from from Joe Biden every day saying, hey, it's Joe. Right. Can I call you now? That's better. I like that. If someone's like, hey, man, can I borrow some money? It's your boy. Like, sure. Of course you can. Yeah. Not somebody crawling to me in the street covered in blood. Like, please, they're winning. The demons are winning. <laughs> Two weeks out, guys. Two weeks out. Temperature check. We should we should all gauge how we're feeling. We should, you know, see if we're feeling, I'm afraid to actually use any analogies about fevers or illness. <laughs> <laughs> Gut check. We got to assess the situation, see where we stand, and we're going to talk about what lies ahead of us in terms of danger zones. Here's what I think. When I talk to John Kimball offline in private, as is my privilege because we are childhood friends for low these 35 years of friendship. He seems cautiously optimistic. And that lifts my spirits because I'm prone to Oberlin grad-style freakouts about encroaching fascism and, and dirty dealings. But then when I remember that four years ago, he was exactly this optimistic and insisted that this James <laughs> Comey bullshit about, I can't even remember what it was about. Anthony <laughs> Weiner Anthony had Hillary's emails on his laptop or something. Yeah. John was John was completely I mean, sanguine. Is that the word? It was like, this doesn't matter. Hillary's at 91% odds on 538. She's in the 80s or whatever it was on predicted. Everything's going to be fine. John, tell me why this time around we're allowed to feel optimistic, whereas the last time around, that optimism literally cost you thousands of dollars in the prediction markets. So the differences between now and 2016, I feel like this has been discussed ad nauseum, but maybe it hasn't. Maybe it's just my individual conversations that I have with people or text or just reading Twitter. But first of all, there is no question that I was overconfident in 2016 and I was wrong. Looking back, all the signs were there that I was going to be wrong or potentially wrong. There were lots of models that had Hillary up by a big amount. Uh, and at this point in 2016, Hillary was up by seven points. Okay. What ended up happening, though, four days later was that Comey tape dropped and then the race tightened back up. 
the infamous 2016 tightening. And then we know the polls were off just a tiny bit. But if you look back at the race, it was really volatile. Hillary would go up by seven points and then, you know, she would get the flu or whatever and it would come back to nearly tied. And then she'd go up by seven after the Access Hollywood. I mean, she was actually already on her way down, even when the, the Comey, you know, thing dropped. And then it went back to essentially being tied again. This race is not like that. It is Biden has had a significant lead the entire time. It's very stable. And, and the, the other thing that's a big difference is there were so many more undecided voters and third party voters in 2016. Mm-hmm. In the end, these undecided voters broke to Trump. I didn't realize it was essentially tied going into it last time. Because I don't remember that. I don't remember feeling when I went to go vote panic, maybe because I've been talking to you for 17 weeks. Nationally, (laughs) she was up by about four points. But in the swing states, she was up by more. And that's where the polling was wrong in the swing states, because they were not properly waiting for white working class voters. And those changes have been made by most pollsters this time. So that's one thing that's happened. The other thing that's happened is Hillary was ahead by seven at this point. Biden is ahead by nearly 11 points right now. So if we're going to wake up on the morning after the election and Trump has won, it will mean that Trump has significantly narrowed the margin between now and election day. He has, say, a six-point deficit on election day. He's losing by six points instead of 11. And there's a polling error in Trump's favor. Mm-hmm. That's what would have to happen. That's not necessarily likely to happen, though. It could just as easily be a polling error in Biden's favor. So, and, and what I've said all along is I don't see Comey walking through that door. I don't believe that there's going to be an October surprise like that. Well, that's what we just, they did try to give us, right? Isn't that what Hunter Biden's laptop? Right. We have found ourselves in a bookended email <laughs> server situation at the moment. Right. The October oh, surprise we... once again came via a laptop. Yeah, but this October right. surprise is, right. this is like the weakest October <laughs> surprise of all time. It's completely failed, right? Yeah, that was, that yeah, was. Yeah, but in their mind, I'm saying they're thinking, wasn't, or Giuliani's thinking, wasn't that what they were hoping was going to happen? Oh, absolutely. They're just, yeah. they're just going back to the 2016. Last year's Halloween costume. You yeah, can't right. recycle. You can't be sexy email server two Halloweens in a, two cycles, <laughs> two Halloween cycles in a row. Yeah, it, you outgrow it, you're, it, it drunk a little bit, you've right. gained some weight, not, it doesn't fit the right. same. It's not fitting right. <laughs> Giuliani his body has changed. I don't mean to be ageist or ableist or anything like that, but look at Giuliani now. That he's melting. That that Halloween costume just doesn't fit the way it did. Ever since he wiped his sweaty brow and then slapped his date's thigh at the White House Rose Garden, his body is in full-on crisis mode. This dude is barely hanging together. I saw I saw I saw one photo of him. It looked like he was, came straight from the cabinet of Dr. Caligari or whatever. Come on, Giuliani, give it up. You're done. All right, so John, the race is stable. You're feeling good. What are the opportunities? We're recording this on Monday. One listener said, always tell me when you're recording your episodes because <laughs> when I hear them based on what you're saying, I panic. Right. Guys, we are recording this on Monday morning. John, we're two weeks and one day out 
what are the final positions our our listeners should be setting up for on Predicted, given the stability of the race? I mean, it's still amazing that you could get in and buy against Trump. You know, you could buy no on Trump at 60 cents right now. The MAGA traders on Predicted have, they've been really excited by this Hunter Biden thing, but it hasn't changed any of the models or any of the polling. So you could still... If you could get into that market, one one thing that happened this week is I went in to buy shares in Biden Yes, which I traded out of at one point, and it said it had reached its limit. I don't know if people know, but there's a 5,000 trader limit for every oh. contract on Predicted. But I've never actually run into it before. Only 5,000 traders? That means 5,000 people betting on that market? On that one particular market, yeah. Even if those 5,000 people are not individually maxed out at 850. Right. Which, you know what? Oh. Jennifer is in there right now and she has $60. And I'm like, can you get out and let me in so I can oh. max? <laughs> She's like, I don't think so. Right. I think I'm going to just stay in here and make my pennies. But can't you still buy no in Trump? I, is there an advantage to buy yes in Biden versus no in Trump? Well, no in Trump is you usually cheaper than the the yes in Biden. Just because, Isn't that better? Yeah. So why isn't yeah. everyone why isn't that maxed out instead of yes on Biden? Uh, because people are just more likely to they want to buy yes. They just see Biden's name and they're like, that's who I want to vote. I mean, there's a lot of no- novice traders that are in. They don't want to be like the email, the people sending emails. They don't want to be like desperate and needy. They want to be winners by saying yes on Biden instead of no on Trump. That's probably part of it. It's a more intuitive position to take. It just it syncs up with what you want to happen. And so for a lot of predicted markets, I think the less intuitive position is actually a better bargain just because there's less volume because it's not like, oh, I want to bet on Biden winning. Where's the market for Biden will win as opposed to right. I want Biden to win. Where's the market on the Republican nominee will not win or whatever. Except except uh, what, what we're voting for is no on Trump. That's the right. real That's election. Yeah. So. Just go, just click a little bit, just one notch down and you save five cents. Maybe not five, but yeah, but five. yeah, in some cases, yeah. Often five. I mean, yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah. By a lot more shares. I just feel like, I, I don't know why everyone, I feel ahead on this one. Vote no, not yes. I just want to give people advice if they want to buy into those markets and they are closed out. There are proxy markets. You can go in, there is a market will a woman vice president be elected in 2020. That is a, a proxy market for Biden Harris. Biden winning. So you can go in there and still max out in that market. And then the market, there's another market of which party will win the presidency. Uh, there's also proxy. You can vote for uh, the winner of the Democratic primary in South Carolina wins the presidency. We know that was Biden, of course. So you can still go into those markets if you're locked out of the main one, which is Biden-Trump. There's a lot of traders, these big whales that will max out in all of these. That's why when you hear there's this $850 limit, it's not really true because you you can buy $850 on yes, $850 on no. Then you go to the next market and buy $850 yes, $850 no, and you can end up- <laughs> a, ga- a gambling addict. With- 10, 20, 30, $50,000, which some of these people might be millionaires. So having $50,000 might not be that ridiculous for them. Are we trading amongst millionaires? We trade among millionaires. We're the creatures of the night. It sounds like something from Les Mis. Yeah, class warfare. One of the, the predicted traders this week on Predicted 
bet another guy two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I that find uh, that like a side bet. Yeah, that's obnoxious. He said, "You want some action? I'll I'll bet you two hundred and fifty thousand dollars." So did the guy take it? Him up on it? No, the guy actually disappeared. Do you think the guy really had $250,000 to bet with? He's actually one of the top traders on the site. So I kind of take him seriously. He or she, I don't I don't know who it is. It's just a username to me. So I guess we should probably just say, don't bet more money than you can afford to lose. Yeah, a little late for us to be saying that. <laughs> but yeah. I want to talk about this debate that's coming up and whether that's going to fundamentally alter the state of the race because apparently Trump's Handlers are telling him to stop interrupting Biden to present a like a pivot, you know, sort of offer a more presidential side uh, of his personality that we all know exists and can be summoned at a moment's notice by this master of self-control. The president of the United States, Donald Trump, is Thursday's debate, which Biden, I think, is still an idiot for having and which I assumed would never happen. If it happens, will that change anything, John? Yes or no? You have two seconds to reply. Uh, No, it will not. It is uh, Trump's last chance, though. If it does change things, it just means that Biden completely fell, you know, on his face. Literally. Yeah. I'm predicting it changes nothing. And if I'm right and it changes nothing, that's it. There's no more October surprises coming. So he better do well. If he really, really pulled himself together and presented himself in any way similar to how he was at the hospital video, Mm. I could see him uh startling us not us but i could see him startling people slightly if he really 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 behaved in the way where your abuser suddenly acts nice to you and you feel bad about you feel bad about all the assumptions you made about them right i also think there are some people who are looking to want to vote for him so that's all he has to give them he has to give them permission to vote for the guy that they've been conditioned to think and have seen with their own eyes as a maniac and disgusting. I predict he'll do better in this debate than he did in the first debate. That's I think a, that's a pretty easy prediction. Do you think he knows he's losing? Yes, I think so. Uh, yes. What do you mean? You think they're keeping it from him? No, he but like acknowledging it in his head. He's talking about it a lot. Yeah, he's talking about leaving the fucking country. He's talking about if <laughs> he's like if if Iowa, if you don't vote for me, I'm never coming back to your piece of shit state. There's no reason for me to be here. So, if you don't vote for me, I'm never coming back. Yeah, he's bargaining at this point. He's in the bargaining stage, I think. <laughs> I will say he's a funky ass dancer, and I was not expecting that. I yeah. assume that Trump had literally never danced in his life, mm-hmm. although he does dance around a little in those Jeffrey Epstein videos that warm the heart. <laughs> but that video of him doing the kind of herky jerky dance <laughs> yeah. in his over his weird billowy oversized suit <laughs> that might be just as iconic as 420 dog 802 <laughs> on his skateboard drinking cranberry juice listening to Fleetwood Mac those two videos might be the two videos that survived 2020 right the guy on his skateboard <laughs> listening to Fleetwood Mac and then Trump doing the herky jerky in his gigantic blimp of a suit and donald trump jr under his bed covers talking about the algorithms his his algos being crushed that was a good one too i think the interesting thing about that trump dancing video it feels to me like one of the few times i've ever seen him enjoying himself where he's not actively being cruel to somebody else Hmm. oh see but see i that's i actually think he maybe we don't see it but i actually i think he enjoys himself often and that's why um, being a president has been such a drag for him. He just That's wanted so to work. have a good time, and he's actually used to having a good time. Welcome to my life, Starly. <laughs> Welcome to my life. I just wanted to have a good time. What happened, 2020? I just wanted to have a good time. 
I had a pretty fun year. I had a pretty good time this year. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> this year was pretty fun. Yeah. Let me let me get out my uh, ten thousand page book I've been writing called "All the Fun I Had in 2020." It's about ten thousand pages right now. It's just packed full of all the fun shit I did. Let me get out this one-page memo called All the Times I Was Sad in 2020. Uh, pretty short memo. I have something to say about stability yes. and markets and wishful thinking, which yes. is that this was the week where I realized, oh, and I hate to say this, this is the week where I realized that Jamie Harrison is not going to win that Senate seat in South Carolina. My shares have gone down and... God love her. When Dianne Feinstein hugged Lindsey Graham and thanked him for these Amy Coney Barrett hearings and said these were some of the greatest hearings she had ever been a part of, mm. I, I don't see how that... We were talking about that permission where people get permission mm-hmm. to vote for the person who deep down inside they know is is a dog butt. I feel like... I don't... I mean, I don't think it makes a huge difference, but I feel like that was... Lindsey Graham must have been so grateful to Diane Feinstein for giving him that hug and offering that praise. Mm-hmm. I mean, we shouldn't be the one giving permission to vote for these people. If if there wasn't already so many shameful acts of this year that would go down, that would be in the top five. She's done that before. She did that with Susan Collins at one point. She was yeah. like, I, I would rather see her in the Senate than, than s- someone else. She just wants to hang out with her friends. Feinstein is 87 years old. She just wants to hang out with her buddies that she's worked with for years and years and years. Yep. So, of course, Lindsey Graham pulling off a quote unquote, you know, great hearing is more important to her than what Amy Coney Barrett is going to do to this country for the next 40 years because Diane Feinstein won't be around for it. So I'm wondering, should I just bail on this market, John? Should I sell my Jamie here? I mean, I hate to do it. I remember way back when we had Janie had uh, Tompkins on and she was talking about Lindsey Graham and Jamie Harrison, and I was overcome with enthusiasm and I bought 100 shares of Jamie Harrison, but I just don't see it changing. Is it a wish bet, though? Are you selling for a gain? No, I would be selling for a loss. And I guess it was Uh a wish, but it also seemed reasonable at times. I don't know. If it's a crazy election, maybe he could win, but... Can I just say it did not seem reasonable at the time when when Mm -hmm. Jamie had said that. I I didn't think, but it clearly became way more reasonable. Um, I still think it's a a long shot, but I don't know if I'd sell David at this point. Really? Yeah. But wait, I do think it's an important lesson here. I think we have to emotionally prepare ourselves for the realistic losses, because we don't want another Beto, Stacey Abrams... Andrew Gillen, like that was such uh-huh. a tra- traumatizing night. Fantasy we thought we world. were just going to turn everything blue after fantasy world. Yeah. And so as much as we want Jamie Harrison to win, it does not seem likely. It's just important for us to prepare ourselves as much as we can. All right. Yeah. It's all about hedging the next two weeks. Yeah. I think focus on the big picture, which is the Democrats are favored to take the Senate it's, uh, I think, about a 75% chance, which is still not a bad chance for the Republicans to maintain control. The Senate is a harder lift than than Biden right now. But the Democrats are definitely favored. Yeah. But it's important to know how much we take it by, you know, is it, do you have a, 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 a one senator lead or a four senator lead? That makes a big difference in what, what you can actually do. You really would like to run up the score. And get as many as possible. The Su- Susan Collins is going to lose, right? I think so. God, that would be so depressing if she didn't. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think uh, the Democrats are going to get the Senate. They're going to get the House. Biden's going to win. And mm-hmm. everything's going to be good. Way to emotionally prepare us. 
I just, I just that all, the data is 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 telling us that that's what's going to happen. And you know, we're supposed to be the party that believes in science. So all no, this, like, I, I don't believe talk- in the polls. You know what? I think you can believe in the polls, no, but no, at the same need- time, it's very important <laughs> that you vote. You have to get out there and vote and continue to volunteer and and just turn in those ballots too. If you have those ballots, make sure you turn them in. Have you turned yours in? It's in my it's in my car. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I know that's why I'm telling people to turn it in. That's <laughs> why I'm telling people get it in. David, have you turned yours in? No, because I gotta. I have. I have. This is the my first. This is my first time dealing with all these California propositions. Oh I have my a. God. I have a 50 propositions I got to read all about. I was watching TV last night. I saw a pro-15, anti-15, pro-15, three different ads about the same proposition back-to-back on primetime. The propositions that California has is great for the advertising business because they advertise so many propositions. I just love it. I just want to support Uber and Lyft in whatever way I can. So any proposition (laughs) I can vote for where Uber and Lyft can not pay anybody any money, I think it's terrific because I like those car services. Would you like (laughs) me to send you the DSA voter's guide? Because it was very, very helpful. Yeah, I'll do that. But I think it's okay to look at the polls and believe them. And yet at the same time, still know that there is a 12% chance like rolling a a six on a six-sided die. It's actually a little bit less than that. That that Trump could win. Okay, I'm going to tell the listeners: just go out and vote. You can you can believe up until the very end that the worst case scenario is going to happen. You have to protect yourself. I can respect that. I do that in basketball. So, by the way, remember the Danny Green thing? And I talked about Danny Green was one of four yeah. people that had won a championship at three different teams. He's actually one of only two that won it as a starter at three different teams. And we know that Steve Nash has never won a national uh, a, a world championship. <laughs> that was a really good point. that was a good contribution on my part. No, and my mine as well. Yeah. John, tell helicopter Tony to tell us if there's anything else that he sees on the horizon that qualifies as putting us in the danger zone. Uh Tell, tell me, tell helicopter Tony. Wait a minute. <laughs> me be helicopter Tony. Channel helicopter Tony. So those of you who don't know, John is actually a world class medium, and he's able to channel helicopter Tony when helicopter mm-hmm. Tony is so high up in the sky. Exactly. I'm not helicopter Tony. It's just I. No, I, of course not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let helicopter Tony speak through you, John. Uh, at, at, at this point, uh, the things that we need to look out are uh, traffic jams at various polling sites. Uh, we need to look for any type of early voting uh, statistics that can maybe give a sign that uh, one party is doing better than the other. At the same time, uh, we all shouldn't look too much at the early voting because a lot of times it's just you're cannibalizing your own election day vote. Uh, other things to look out for. Everyone should uh, be sure to follow directions when they're voting by mail and be sure to get their uh, mail ballot in in the next several days because we are within two weeks of the election. And we all know that the U.S. Postal Service, the USPAS, uh, could have some uh, significant uh, slowdowns. Thank you, Helicopter Tony. Okay, you're welcome. Helicopter Tony, can I speak to Long John Silver? Uh, yeah, sure. Is Long John Silver there? Hey, Long John Silver. Uh, this is this is uh, Kid Midas, your sports reporter. I just want to let you know, bro, that you uh, last week you said that Pennsylvania was in the Midwest. Yeah, is that not right? So we had some listeners erupt in rage. So, do you want to take a moment just to address this controversy? Because uh, the hate was yeah. flowing in our inbox. I will apologize for being imprecise with my language when I 
refer to Pennsylvania as being Midwestern. It's obviously not Midwestern in a geographic sense, but in a political sense, Pennsylvania groups itself with those other Midwestern states and tends to vote in a Midwestern way. And of course, that's not all of Pennsylvania, but just like North Carolina may be a red state or a purplish pink state, the area I live in is 80% blue, but I can't say that North Carolina is because we vote as one state. So Pennsylvania tends to vote like these other Midwestern states. So politically, it is Midwestern. I think someone else wrote in and said that I had mentioned Ohio as being an upper Midwestern state. That was certainly a mistake. That is not the case. Ohio is a Great Lake state, and it is Midwestern, but it is not part of the upper Midwest. Iowa is considered part of the upper Midwest, though, and that always confuses me because if Iowa is upper Midwest, why isn't Nebraska? Because it seems like it's just as far north as Iowa. I think it just might be that Iowa touches some of those other states that touch the Great Lakes. I don't know. I love it. I'm, I'm, con- <laughs> I'm convinced that answers their concerns. We got a question from Matt F. What are your thoughts on mindlessly using 538 predictions to load up on any Senate races where predicted shares are undervalued? If I buy into a bunch of these markets and then stay off of predicted until around December, do you think I would come out ahead overall? Or should 538's polling aggregates be taken with a grain of salt? Because some of the races on predicted seem to differ wildly from the 538 predictions. Look, I did not have time to look at every particular Senate race, but I will say that 538 has a very good record when it comes to predicting these things. In recent studies, 538 and Predicted were pretty close uh, on on predicting things. So I can't see you having any significant losses if you were to do that. I'm not saying I recommend it. I'm just saying that if you were to do it, I don't think you would end up losing much money if you lost any at all, and you would probably make money. I think a lot of people are interested in the idea of putting some money in Predicted and then closing that tab until well after the election. Parking money- I think that would not necessarily be the way to do I think there's safer markets than that. I think a, a, a safer market would be to invest in Donald Trump not winning- the popular vote. That's trading at 80 cents still. And I think we've mentioned that before. That's a 20% return on your investment in just two weeks. You can still buy Minnesota for 76 cents or something. Trump is not going to win Minnesota. There is a slight chance that Trump could win this election. Mm -hmm. He is not going to win Minnesota. Every time I go to the real clear politics and I see Minnesota like not filled in, It's so confusing to me. It's so obviously going to be blue. You know, RCP is, they're a little hackish with what they consider toss-ups. Okay, here's a letter from Kenny T. I would love to hear Long John Silver's opinion on the Utica skyline. I've attached photos that I think captures it best. It's small, but I know John ranks skylines relative to their population, so I'd like to see where he thinks Utica fits in. I I, I like Looking at this photo, uh, I, I love the Utica skyline. I think that's a pound for pound, a pretty good skyline. It's probably on the on the same level as a, a Dayton or a, a Wilmington, Delaware, maybe Rochester, New York. Th- those are respectable skylines. We have another skyline question from Jack M. Last week's discussion of whether you can truly rate a skyline from above or within got me thinking. 
Well, of course it makes sense that Helicopter Tony is the only one who can judge a skyline from the heavens now that God has been banned. What if we mortals look at a skyline from a hill or a ridge? One of the best views of the Seattle skyline is from a hill northwest of downtown. Is this view like the Tower of Babel? Blasphemously high. Or by still having our feet upon the firmament, do we avoid offending Helicopter Tony and his righteousness? Uh, I, I think that you could definitely view a skyline up on a hill. You know, the Pittsburgh skyline up on uh, Mount Washington, that's, a, that's an incredible view of that skyline. So I think that's um, fair. Yeah, of course. But you, I mean, the whole thing with the skyline is just, you regard a skyline from whatever natural place the way you were talking about it, the going between buildings is not, it just eliminates what a skyline is. But right, anything right. that's around the skyline that you're able to view it from still renders it a skyline. Okay, so it's good. Yeah. You agree, David? Yeah, I think it's totally legit to um, look at a skyline from a hill. I think it's more legit than to fly around in Google Maps or whatever you were doing in your yeah, it's ridiculous. private hours. I don't agree with that mm-hmm. at all. So yeah, look at a skyline from a hill. If you have a hill and a skyline, what more do you want from life? Woo! Look, we work with what we have. Some of us don't have hills and skylines nearby. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. We just have internet connections. <laughs> oh. The band wars have continued. They're out of control. I, I'm of two minds about this. We've raised more than $22,000 for voting rights organizations thanks to you band maniacs. And that's obviously a lot more than we thought we would raise. That does mean, however, I am behind by about 60 bands that I have yet to read. So I would say at this point, if you have been listening, waiting to hear if you've been banned and you haven't heard your name yet, you should probably assume you have been banned, actually, and you should stop <laughs> listening because we still have so many bands backed up. Because people are writing these massive backstories about their bands where it's like, I met, I'll never forget the day I met my friend Andrew. We were 10 years old down by Farmer Willicutt's Creek, and he introduced me to EPM. And little did I know that when I first met his fiance, Terry, anyway, will you ban him? We have verbose, well-read, and, and people who, they have graphomania. The EPM listeners are afflicted with graphomania. Yeah, David is exhausted. He's working hours. I talked to him and he's like, I've been editing bands for three and a half hours. I'm like, uh, who was it? Harold Ross? Who used to cut down, um, what's his name? Who wrote What We Talk About When We Talk About Love? Raymond Carver. You know, Raymond Carver was like a master of concision and language. And people were like, oh, he yeah. was a great writer. And then it turned out it was like, no, he wrote his <laughs> ass off. And then you said this editor was like, no adverb, no adjective, cut that, cut that. And then the story was just like, I woke up divorced and drunk again. I went to my job. I sold my rug. The end. People were like, ooh, what a story. I like reading your stories, but I do try to edit them down, and it just takes a while. So we're going to try to figure out eventually how to get through all these bands. We might do another standalone only bands episode. But for now, can I just say to Alexandra that Tanya D has banned you because you bought too many jumpsuits? So there, you're banned. Christopher S. bans Darren Glass because he got mad that Darren bought one of our t-shirts and posted a picture of himself on Twitter. I think Christopher got jealous. So Darren, you're banned. You don't even know this guy. He's just sending out some internet hate. Nico R., I want to ban my brother, Caleb Curtis. He told me to listen to Election Profit Makers knowing that I already listened to too many podcasts and now I'm behind on my podcasts. Caleb, you're out. Bye-bye. Are they, are they donating just to troll you? Listen to the, yeah. organiz- Melanie in Los Angeles. I banned David from ever saying the word Oregon. As a born and raised Oregonian, David says it's so wrong, even though John and Starley say it right, that it has left me with no choice but to ban him from saying it. Randall Cooper, I'm using my donation to ban Jeff Goldblum, the famous actor. 
he might move from making a knockoff version of going deep with David Reese to making a knockoff version of election profit makers if he isn't stopped. What does that mean? Oh, you didn't see Jeff Goldblum's fake-ass version of Going Deep with David Reese? Oh, Mm-mm. oh my God. That was the hate watch of the century for me. Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> man who has everything I crave, made a delightful, quirky show about celebrating the banal, everyday things we take for granted. I think it was called The World According to Jeff Goldblum. And it was basically him going to an ice cream parlor and being like, oh, look at, oh, you never think about ice cream, but it's very tasty. Oh, look at this. So actually, we're today we're going to do a deep dive into ice cream. I was sitting on my sofa in tears. Fuck you, Jeff. Leave me one lousy thing on this earth, Jeff Goldblum. You're probably taller than him. No, he's taller than me. He's got everything oh, I then want. then he really does have everything. Jeff Goldblum, let's cut to the chase here. You're banned from listening to my podcast, and you'll never be able to rip it off because you'll never find your own Starley Quinn and Long John Silver, okay? I don't know. You're going to get Laura Dern and fucking Jeff Daniels. It's not going to work, Jeff. Stop biting my shit. Sincerely, Kid Midas. Yeah, he is taller than you. God, that- All right. All right. Yeah, I would have thought you were taller. Thank you. I seem taller. That's something. It's fine. It's just- It's a battle that has to begin. And so let it begin. There's nothing else going on in the news. (laughs) Dylan A. Oh, I can't do this one because it leads into a whole. um, You know what? I'm going to knock this out right now. Dylan (laughs) and Annie are in love. And uh, and we celebrate love on this podcast and we honor these relationships. So Dylan was going to donate a band to his girlfriend, Annie, that she could use in real life to do whatever she wanted with. But then Annie turned around and banned Dylan And then Dylan the next day wrote and was like, I can't believe Annie banned me. I was trying to be nice. So anyway, kids, that's where love leaves you in the ditch. You (laughs) each stabbed yourself in the chest like the Daggerheart clan of North Carolina. (laughs) Oh, and then they start talking about how I don't say Oregon correctly. We got so many bands where people were like, I banned Kid Midas from ever saying Oregon. Now, my, my pronunciation of Oregon is good because it's fun and it brings a smile to everyone's face. But the other thing is that people started donating to this thing called the Rural Organizing Project, which serves uh, small towns in Oregon. And so actually, my pronunciation of Oregon (laughs) went viral and actually helped the Rural Organizing Project. So I win yet again. I would love to hear Jeff Goldblum have fun saying Oregon. There's no way he could do it. He would need an army of consultants to make sure he wasn't alienating anybody. You goofy-ass buddy, Holly Glasses, 20-foot-tall motherfucker. Get off my corners, Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) John, did you do something to alter your predicted portfolio this week? Oh, okay. Yeah, this week I finally did something I've been avoiding for a long time. I hit deposit in Predictit and I put another (laughs) $3,000 into Predictit. Are you rich? And no, 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 I am not rich. How much you have in their total right now, John? $10,000. I I, I put $6,000 and I've I've, uh, won $4,000. I said to myself, you know what? This is an opportunity. I can't be scared off by 2016. Oh, God. I need to put in this extra money so I can make, <laughs> you know, another 30, 35% return on it. And I will hedge in a way. So if I lose, I don't lose much. And I've, I'm taking that money and investing it in these more sure thing states like New Mexico and Colorado, Minnesota, and things like that. So- I, I feel okay, but it but it definitely messes up my percentage gain. Before, I was over 100% for the year, and now it's completely diluted me. So. Sure, it's less sexy, but it's more responsible. And in the I end, know. if you wind up with more money than you would have otherwise, isn't that all that matters? 
winding up with more money? Yes, unless I lose. That's true. But I'm taking that risk. Two weeks out, this is this is their chance. What should the listeners be investing in? What moves should they be making? And what moves should I be making? You know, I think you should be in the electoral college market, as I have said before. But in what? In what bracket? Well, the more brackets you buy in, the less your ultimate return will be. But you can buy all of the dim brackets. If you were to buy all of them, it's about 70 cents, which is actually more expensive than what Biden is currently trading for. So in some ways that that market is the yeses are overbought. But you don't have to buy every single bracket. It's probably not going to happen where the Dems end up winning by one or nine. And the 280 plus bracket, you need to at least be hedged in that bracket. But all of the models are pointing toward the Dems winning somewhere between 140 to 180 electoral college votes. So like the margin, the margin. Yeah. Yeah. So that particular bracket is trading at 18 cents right now. So I would suggest you get in that bracket and get in the brackets on either side of that. I'm in all of them. I I think the safest thing to do is just to bet on Biden winning. The likelihood of Biden winning is more than 85%. And you can buy him for around 65. You might even, when you have these debates, if Trump does really well in this debate, you may be able to end up buying, you know, Biden or no against Trump at 55 or the low 50s. Really? I don't think that's that's not going to happen. I mean, these... These MAGA people are not. It didn't move at all last time. Well, it didn't move last time because even the MAGA people knew that he was having a terrible debate. But these MAGA people have pushed up Trump in the last week based on this Hunter Biden thing, which is nothing. So there's still opportunities out there. Okay. David, have you heard about a website called predicted.org? Yeah, but I don't really understand it and I don't have much money in it. (laughs) I'm more interested in patreon.com slash election profit makers and bit.ly slash EPM (laughs) cool. Those are the websites that I spend most of my time on. This is an executive decision I'm making. I think it's time to close out the ban wars because we really are so far behind in these bans that I don't see how we're going to get through them. So this is what I would say. There's one day left of the ban wars, okay? You ha- you have one day left after this uh, episode drops to send me your donation, but we will get through all these bans by hook or by crook. We will honor our pledge. This was a monster that spiraled out of control, a spiraling monster of bans and fundraising. Thank you guys so much for these bans. It really has felt good. Like, oh, we actually did something real that was useful. And it's all because of you guys. Yeah. yeah. More than $22,000 raised for voting rights organizations. So thank you. So what day? They they have until end of day End Wednesday? of day Wednesday. Yeah, end of yeah. day which, Wednesday. Which coast? Which coast? Midnight Wednesday, either coast, local time. Worldwide? Worldwide. Yeah, of course, because we okay. have all these bands from Australia. I haven't even gotten to all these people in Australia <laughs> fighting about their bands. It's like all about time zones and how water flows backwards in Australia. And one person's like, oh, good day to all the other Australian <laughs> listeners of EPM. Do you want to have a meetup in this desert that uh, blah, 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 Mad Max? <laughs> Got these marriages hanging on by a thread. Or they're trying to introduce EPM band play as a kink to try to save their <laughs> marriage. You know, it's just like nuts. No. Cal Cunningham no. could never. Let's just say that. <laughs> Cal Cunningham could never. When it comes to these kinky ass people trying to get off on these bands. Can I do one more band that I really love? Yeah. This one is from Jess Price. My dead heart sprung to life as I heard that Missed Connections ban. 
I listen alone. There's no one to cruelly ban me for laughing to myself or introducing them to the show. When I wonder, whatever happened to Motorcycle Boyfriend? It is a private thought to no one. I watched Last Holiday alone, with no one to witness the moment I realized that I too had a strange fish-out-of-water experience at the very same hotel Queen Latifah stayed at in Carlo Vivari. I'm gasping. My box set of the disintegration loops plays only... She's dropping so many Patreon episode deep cuts. (laughs) Jess Price, we love you. My box set of the disintegration loops plays only for me, a disintegrating brittle husk who is now coming down from the high of thinking Dear Leader might actually die of COVID. What is left to cling to? EPM alone and unbanned? I yearn for the gift of human connection. That allows me to say, I too was banned. I wish not to be the final EPM listener in the Great Band Wars, Mm -hmm. for it is they who are truly alone. I have no one to ban, but I have written hundreds of letters and postcards to voters in Florida and Texas, and I offer them and the enclosed donation as a testament to my worthiness of this ban. Aching to be banned, Jess Price. Jess... You say you listen alone, but you are not alone. Kid Midas, Starly Quinn, and Long John Silver hereby join forces in community, in connection, in positivity to tell you that you are absolutely fucking banned from listening to this podcast. Turn this podcast off. You can never listen again, Jess Price. You're banned. Bye. That that was very moving. That really was. I I got choked up. That Misconnections EPM band that we read really brought out some of our, shall we say, solitary listeners, those who listen alone. So we might start an EPM dating service. That would be, that would end very well, I'm sure. But that Misconnection ad was for her. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we don't need to start something up. She's got Uh, it. I just thought it would be good for us to take on another scheme that spirals out of control and alienates our (laughs) listeners. And then we have Carl in Canada being like, excuse me, but why did this turn into an NPR pledge drive all of a sudden? It's like we're running $22,000 worth of bands. We've got a dating service for those who listen alone. We've got our petition militia to try to get Jeff Goldblum from leaving Kid Midas the fuck alone. We've got a lot of projects over here, all right? Oh, and also you should bet on Donald Trump to lose the election. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god i can't believe this person brought up jeff goldblum i i if it wasn't for the worldwide pandemic and creeping fascism i would have spent 2020 thinking of nothing but how much i resent jeff goldblum and his success and him biting off my tv show but it got resurfaced this week oh my god jeff goldblum i can't wait i can't wait for the chateau marmont to open up again i'm gonna be in that lounge every night looking for you ass <laughs> you said i because i know dude, he goes to the chateau marmont this fancy hotel and there's a piano there and jeff goldblum will sit down at this piano and charm everybody by playing jazz standards on the piano because of course he can do whatever he wants because he's jeff goldblum blah 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 i can't wait for the chateau marmont to open up I'm going to walk in there with so many granular delay pedals and ring modulators with a little guitar amp strapped to my back, my tape recorder with this speed control potentiometer that I soldered onto the side of it. So we're going to have a battle of the bands, the likes of which no one has ever seen. You're going to be playing Don't Smoke in Bed. I'm going to have smoke coming out of my ears as I turn that ring modulator frequency up to a a level that only dogs can appreciate it. (laughs) I'm so fixated on this now. I'm starting a podcast that I'm going to sell, and it's just me. It's called My Hunt for Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I've been waiting for something 
to take my mind off the election. And I mm-hmm. think this podcast, you know, there was a podcast about some guy, the whole podcast was about some guy trying to find out what happened to Richard Simmons. Mm-hmm. Mine is like that, but I'm not, I'm, but I'm hunting him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hunting Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> it's just going to be called The Hunt. The sponsors, it's going to be the sickest sponsor. It's going to be like Toyota cars. Like, you know, when a car company sponsors a podcast, you're like, oh, this podcast just got legit. They went from (laughs) groceries in a bag every two weeks to like a fucking car that people can drive. Okay, I see you, podcast. That's going to be me, The Hunt. (coughs) Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Our next Patreon-only episode, I think, is going to be a movies about Mars. It's going to be the ultimate hate watch orgy for yours truly. Ugh, cannot wait to dunk on Mars all day, watching these dumb movies about this fake-ass planet no one's ever going to live on. Go to predicted.org to receive $20 in matching funds. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. John and I are going to do an Ask Me Anything, an AMA, this Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Look for my username, David Reese Pencil. You can ask us questions, and please do that, because I've done I've done AMAs where you get a lot of questions, and I've done AMAs where it's just like you and one other person just kicking a can back and forth awkwardly on Reddit. So please come out and ask us some questions about anything. You guys can dunk on the Pennsylvania Midwest stuff if you want and ask Skyline questions. Thursday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. That'll be fun. Kid Midas and John Kimball together on Reddit. I'm Starly Quinn. Goodbye, John. Bye, Starly. Bye, David. Oh, John and Starly, goodbye. Two weeks left, guys. Let's get it done. And then in two weeks, Jeff G., then the true contest for America's future begins. <laughs> My memories of Jurassic Park. Don't, don't come after Jurassic Park. He's in Jurassic Park. He's I know, but you don't need to drag Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park itself into it. I'll go to war with anybody, Starly. That's what you don't <laughs> understand about me. I'll go to war with a fake dinosaur if it helps me get to Jeff Goldblum. God, I'm tired. Bye.